You are listening to Rankin Vile, a proud member of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Welcome to Rankin Vile, the podcast where we are ranking every single horror movie ever made in the history of horror movies. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? So, at what point do we become the kind of podcasters that stand and pace in our studios and yell at our microphones? You know what? If it, if it hasn't happened yet, it's going to. Like, if, if um, I, Frankenstein, didn't cause us to do that... I feel pretty confident shout that about the new world order and DMT <laughs> into microphones. Oh my god! Yeah. Although honestly, like if any movie is going to make us do it, it's going to be the one we're we're talking about this week. Um, Quincy, what? Uh, hi. What ghoul shit have you been uh, consuming this week? What's what's what, what, what holes have you disappeared down this week? Spirit Halloween's open. So yes, you bet is. I went to the Spirit Halloween already <laughs> and made uh, a large purchase. This is all right. So yeah, you've got to give me the rundown here. What did you What did you pick up at Halloween Mart? Okay, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I the the Spirit Halloween does not disappoint in the new tradition of moving into the shells of fake business of failed businesses in town. Uh-huh. The spirit now is in the Sears Roebuck. Man, that's just, it's beautiful because like, it, it makes me think of um, how a tarantula will lay its eggs in the body of a, a still alive bug so that the, the baby spiders will have a, something to snack on when, when they're, when, when they are birthed from the the spider sack and this is spirit halloween within the the hollowed out carapace of, of other businesses now as i walked in the door i said to my uh travel companion i've got to temper my expectations because there's no way they can fill the entire sears with halloween stuff and i was right they just mm-hmm. put a bunch of temporary walls up around it uh it's all just cork board and uh it's like pegboard and and curtains so but smoke and mirrors <laughs> oh yeah yeah which they have a lot of at spirit halloween thank god uh what so my, my entire question is... wall of smoke machines and fog juice right <laughs> so literal smoke and mirrors literal smoke actual mirror actual mirrors so wait so i this this being the first year um that halloween is going to have happened during a quarantine because let's face it the quarantine ain't going to be over by halloween um what what was the fucking experience like to be in a spirit Halloween with social distancing? Like, were were they well, observing? Yes, the employees were all masked, which I really appreciated, uh, and they were scary masks, <laughs> as they should be. I this is honestly. And, and let me clarify: like actual facial coverings, not like <laughs> they're venom not... with his tongue sticking out, sixty nine Donald Trump masks, which you can also buy. <laughs> Venom and Donald Trump 69ing definitely breaks protocol. Honestly, I feel like this period, I don't understand 
why there are so many people out here without face masks on a couple of levels because like you're spreading contagion and you're the reason we're still in this mess, but also because think of all the possibilities with getting to go out wearing a mask. I've wanted to do this all year long and now we have a reason to wear cool masks. I love it. And, and it's every time I'm in public and I run into my friends and they say, Hey Quincy, how's it going? I'm like, how did you know it was me? <laughs> Apparently, I'm a very visually striking person. Um, <laughs> not many people have faces of death hats in Clarksville. <laughs> yeah, that, that narrows Who it down. <laughs> yeah, I, this makes me wonder what it was if this is what it was like for uh, Wild West era bank robbers going out on the town for the night. Someone's like, it must have. Been. Well, hey, Wild Fred, is that you? And you're like, no. How would you know it was me? And you have to, and you know, you have a fun time, but you have to like cut holes for the mustache. I feel like it's it's about <laughs> it's about standards. Um, honestly, though, I'm that's also the hole that I fell down this week because uh, the Spirit Halloween website. Uh, has some truly incredible animatronics. Quincy, have you yes. availed so, so yourself of this? we have to talk about the most insane one that was on display. So they have the Pennywise, which like, okay, I get it, yeah. Pennywise. I too, I too have got, seen movies. Yeah, they've got um, your standard scary clowns. But the most bananas one of all that I got to look at, mm -hmm. I, I was also very partial to the... Um, the three-headed mutant rat. I, I He almost nice. came home with me. He was a nice <laughs> fellow. Absolutely. But there is like a nine-foot tall man, just like a weird skinny man, who has a marionette of a child. But the child is not a puppet. It's an actual child who's been tied in sync style to this marionette wires. What? And this giant ghoul is forcing this child to be a puppet. And he says, why don't, why don't you join my puppet show when you walk past him? <laughs> Shit. That, I, this is, honestly, this is my favorite thing right now. Also, um, there is an online only, and also I'm so pleased to know that we're both on the same beat here with animatronics purchased from Spirit <laughs> Halloween. Um, there is a, a seven foot tall, uh, this is an online only thing, so you can't find this physically in stores, but they've got demo videos on the Spirit Halloween website. There is, uh, it's called Clownin' Around, and it is a seven foot tall clown named Boo Boo the Clown. Um, and he uh, kind of looks like Art the Clown from Terrifier. And he is holding two small children upside down by their ankles and singing about how he's going to bite their heads off. And <laughs> you the, know, and the kids are some Halloween fun. Just a fun time for everyone. And the kids are like bucking and screaming in between him going, <laughs> and it's um, now. The thing is, okay, I know in my heart that I'm, I live out in the fucking sticks and there is no earthly way. If I make my lawn look like Tom Savini's wet dream, this will be to an audience of no one. Like, no one will be there to appreciate it because trick-or-treaters ain't happening this year. And my neighbors will probably just look out and go, oh, Jesus, and that's it. Um, I... So mostly this year, I will not, in fact, spoil for the seven-foot-tall child-eating clown. It's going to be more of a lighting-based thing on my lawn. 2021, we're coming for you. Oh, we're <laughs> fucking, oh, oh, Ruby the clown's coming. That beautiful son of a bitch is coming home with me. Boo-boo, um, 2021. <laughs> 
Well, the thing is that, like, since I'm desert folk now, we have a, a sort of rock lawn, and uh, there it came with a bench uh, in the middle of uh, of the lawn. That See, says, I thought well, you were going to say it came with free scorpions and rattlesnakes. <laughs> you know, really, every lawn in the desert is a Halloween lawn, if you really think about it. Um, that's just, you know, the desert is just nature's spirit Halloween. Um, so, I'm, so, you know, so we've got a bench with welcome on it, and I figure I, I've already ordered a life-sized skeleton that I'm going to uh, sit casually on the bench and uh, put a face mask on. And have some fog machines and some lighting. What it is is that um, Sarah and Christina, uh, both who I live with, are like, you know, they they temper my expectations because I'm like, what if I got a seven foot tall screaming clown? And they're like, what if we got some tasteful spider decor? So <laughs> they, it's 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 better it's better this way. Um, so man. my favorite thing about the spirit halloween this year is the spirit halloween has basically become the warner brothers store yeah it really has like so many licensed things yes and and really i'm not shopping for costumes i bought my costume months ago i am done with my halloween costume it's ready it's sitting in my closet i will wear it in my living room and watch tv and eat popcorn through the slot in the mask by myself. <laughs> Shit, yes, the the true spirit Halloween. I, wait, so what, I gotta I gotta know what's uh what, what's the costume you've got for for oh, Halloween twenty twenty? So Super Seven a couple years ago released uh, Ben Cooper style vacuum form plastic masks. Ooh. So I bought the creature from the Black Lagoon, oh, hell and yeah. Maniac Designs came out with a series of iron on transfers. And I got the creature from the Black Lagoon transfer that says surfs up. So in true Ben Cooper style, I'm going to wear a mask of the creature while wearing a shirt also featuring the same image of the creature. (laughs) See, I love this because it's like you're going to a, it's like you're wearing the band t-shirt going to the the concert for that band. Like you're just, or or you look like you're a wrestler wearing their own merch, which is also a good look. I feel. So I was thrown off the other night because I was watching um, Virtual Pros, which is a, a really good pro wrestling podcast. If you uh, want to stop listening to this podcast, they, and listen I, to another podcast. One of one member of which was on this very podcast yeah, a couple years ago. So, so Mike was on this podcast. Uh, so they have been doing a Twitch live stream of weird wrestling called Pain Pigs, and I highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's great. Like Mondays uh, opposite Raw, <laughs> the true <laughs> Monday Night War. As, as a kind of soothing balm after putting yourself through watching Raw. So I was watching um, Rey Mysterio versus Juventud uh, Guerrera the other night, mm-hmm. and Psychosis was a ringside valet because it was like a big triple A feud. Okay. And Psychosis was wearing a um, Atsushi Onita Thunder Powerbomb shirt. Oh, wow. And it sent me into a tailspin that not only was a wrestler wearing a t-shirt to the ring, but another wrestler that's not even in that promotion <laughs> t-shirt. I mean, that's that's the thing is that um, Shane McMahon, uh, in the, like during the Attitude Era... Any wrestler that he was feuding with, he would like wear their t-shirt during the match <laughs> to like upset them. This to me is the like the unplugged acoustic version of what Rick Rude would do in the 80s where he would airbrush his opponent's face on his crotch, so like on the crotch of his tights, which is, uh, I just, 
I just love Rick Rude so much and every everything that he stands for, which is mostly like verbally berating blue collar men about their, wi- <laughs> their wives wanting to have sex with him. Um, speaking of blue collar wives wanting to have sex with bad decisions, let's talk about uh, the Crow City of Angels. Okay, but um, first we must talk about my purchases from Spirit Halloween. <laughs> oh, please. Fuck my drag. Please continue. So uh, I didn't get a costume, but my favorite thing about Spirit now is they just license the shit out of everything. They have an mm-hmm. entire Hocus Pocus boutique. They have a whole wall of Nightmare Before Christmas. Somehow that's still a thing. And this year they have branched out into Dungeons and Dragons, which like... On one hand, my culture is not a costume, but on the other hand, I definitely bought a lanyard with a D20 on it. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, I'm definitely using my 20% off coupon they gave me to go back uh, next month and get some cheap D&D keychains. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's like a costume now. So I loaded up on D&D stuff, and because it's the WB store, literally every Warner Brothers spooky property uh, mm-hmm. including trick or treat is trick or treat? deeply represented and i bought some buttons of ghostbusters and grim ones because i am trash hell yeah i mean they also have a little animatronic of jack from trick or treat which yeah and fresh. also and also a little string of um lollipop knife uh lights that you can you can purchase which i'm which is pretty dope um yeah, I honestly like the Spirit Halloween licensing of things. D and D, as long as they, if they had what looked like like health vials that I could like put my my like Gatorade in while I'm working out, and then I could just like slug from it and go five HP, which is what I would yell while working out because I'm a nine year old child. Um, and alternatively, I would be... if I could just put my morning meds. <laughs> my... <laughs> If I put my antidepressant in, in a vial plus and three L five HP. Plus three serotonin bitches. <laughs> just, yeah, every morning. That is that is me every morning when I take my antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. Um it's it is genuinely a power-up. Um so speaking of depressing things, let's jump into the movie we are talking about this week. So uh Quincy, we are doing uh the Crow Colon City of Angels. Um, yes, we're not doing the real crow. Oh no, 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 we have not done the crow like like the crow on on this podcast. Um, which kind of makes sense to me actually that we're doing the Crow City of Angels because this movie I think has more of a horror feel to me than the crow. Yeah, it is played to be upsetting whereas the original is more of a a gothic superhero so let's talk about the invention of the comic book character the crow yeah uh written uh by uh what james obar james obar's girlfriend was killed by a drunk driver so part of the grieving process was obar creating this comic book where a character's girlfriend was killed by an evil drug lord and he got supernatural powers to resurrect, uh, to resurrect himself and and seek revenge. Yeah, kill some goons. Um, and, yeah. and 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 the goons in the comic are pretty like they're they 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 sort of look like they were scraped off the bottom of a truck stop floor. Yeah, they're that... very much nineteen nineties comic book goons. They have shirts with skulls that just say things like drugs on them <laughs> and 
everyone's got a mohawk and very narrow sunglasses. Which actually just all caps drugs is actually the entire crime process of the criminals in City of Angels. <laughs> That's all they do. That's all they care about is just, ah, drugs. What about the drugs? Like they, it's so much. Well, and, and the thing is the original Crow, um, I stan that movie every day of the week because it's fucking great. That movie is great. Um, it's also, I mean, I, I fear that the 1994 Brandon Lee film, The Crow, is marred by his death. Yeah. Or um, and which, which, let's talk about that, too. So, yeah. the for those who are unaware, the star of the original film, The Crow, Brandon Lee, was killed in a freak accident where... And let's be honest, uh, negligent producers sent home the experts on early to save money mm-hmm. and let uh, less qualified crew handle firearms. And um, Lee was killed by a uh, improperly um, handled prop. Yeah, what it was was that um, during there's the big um, there's a big scene uh, in uh, the crow where he's standing in a warehouse and he's like he's just crashed the party and all the goons just like open fire on him and it's just like a giant firing squad and he just sort of stands there and gets riddled with bullets but he's after getting you know resurrected Eric Draven is immortal and this doesn't really hurt him but in real life um, one of the uh, squib bullets was uh, not capped all the way and it actually pierced uh, his chest. Yes, the the techni- this is where we get into like weird gun porn stuff because sure. the Wikipedia article is super in depth because if I know one thing about Wikipedia it's that gun nerds and film nerds are like there's a Venn diagram there. Mm-hmm. Um in a previous shot fake rounds were needed in the revolver because there was a down the barrel view and and it needed to be shown in the close up. Yeah. That round was fired and jammed in the barrel and the blank was then put in which propelled the bullet at a slower speed but it's still a bullet and that's what killed Lee. Yeah. And so, you know, he obviously uh, so the the movie The Crow, uh it made a fucking killing. Like it was a it was a it was a cultural moment, I think, The Crow because like this was um the movie The Crow could have just been called It's the 90s now, motherfuck, because you know, we'd just gotten out of the 80s. Uh things were darker and grittier and you know, you had Although honestly, the thing about The Crow and this is a thing that is not true about City of Angels is that to me, the emotional core of the movie The Crow is rock solid. That is a sentimental yeah. love story of a movie. Like, even for all of the, like, grim, dark, neo-noir, dark city shit, like, this is a movie that it, it, it makes me feel my feelings every time I watch it because it's not afraid to be sentimental in in the extreme to, like, which which to me is really fucking important to counter all of the grime of that movie and all of the darkness of that movie. Yeah. And what's wild is Proyas did the crow before dark city. So he's like, okay, the crow worked. Now let's go more. <laughs> That's dark city. Yeah. And, it, which, and, and yeah, it totally adds up. Yeah. Which I, you know, here's the thing. I love dark city, but I feel like I, a lot of, a lot of movies post the crow kind of took the, for me, not, 
and the wrong things from the crow, the darkness of the crow and the gritty feel of it and everything. What you've got nine inch nails on the soundtrack covering joy division, the soundtrack on the crow. I'm sorry. I, I, I know that this sounds like we're just trying not to talk about the crow city of angels as much as we can. <laughs> and that's fucking true. But yeah, the crow, it, a lot of movies after the crow kind of took the aesthetic of the crow and kind of a lot of the, and we, we're pretty sure we know what this movie is doing and kind of just did that. And it was ultimately kind of empty. They scraped the serial numbers off and then we're like, I'm, I can't believe this isn't working. Yeah. And which... I mean, the actual franchise, the quantity of Crow sequels is astounding because it does not stop with the city of angels. It continues with Stairway to Heaven, Crow Salvation. Wicked Prayer. Wicked Prayer. And like a TV show too, I believe. There was a yeah. There's a TV show. There was also a game for P, uh, for PlayStation, the original one. Um, this is a, and also there was a novelization written by Poppy Z Bright, and it fucking slaps. Um, yeah, because it's bright. Because it's bright. And um, also, I do believe they were planning on doing a reboot. Yeah, they were. I actually, I think that's that's still kind of in the mix. But there's a thing. I don't know. I feel like leave it alone. You know, like just yeah. let it let it let it lie. Let uh, you know. Um, but the Crow City of Angels did not do that. Now, I th- the movie opens. It shit the bed. Oh, boy. And, it, and I would oh. argue has besmirched the franchise. Yeah. I Well, yeah. By the time Edward Furlong gets there, it's already dead. So what it is, um, the, the movie starts out. Um, and the idea of the Crow series, for those of you who have uh, never seen a Crow movie, is that uh, some goons uh, kill uh, a, a person or a couple of people. In the first movie, it is uh, rock star Eric Draven and his uh, fiancee Shelly, and they get uh, thrown out of a window uh, because Shelly was trying to like get people to sign a petition to get the building renovated because it was falling apart and shitty. And the crime boss who owns the city is like, "Ah, I'm Michael Wincott, fuck all of this, and had them killed. Uh, And in the Crow City of Angels, we have a uh, a father who is an engineer. He's a mechanic, I think. You know, it's... it's He is a warehouse dude who hangs out and makes stuff. And um, red-blooded American. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And he uh, has a son, and uh, the movie opens there in the wrong place at the wrong time. A bunch of goons uh, kill them. The person who kills his son, by the way, is Toy Trang from uh, the, the Yellow Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Capping a child in the head, by the way. And this is in 1994, which is... Peak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like peak Power Rangers. Like, all right, yeah. kids, you want to watch the Yellow Ranger fucking decide who lives and who dies? And she just murders a child um uh, speaking of which toy trang is also a deceased actor uh although she was not killed on screen yeah also um tragically uh killed in her prime uh during a car accident uh, on the highway between uh san jose and los angeles um now the movie that happens we're introduced to the main bad guy of the movie um who his thing is that he is shirtless and keeps just sort of saying in a very solemn Shakespearean voice, my drugs. And he is just um, horny ha- on Maine, I guess, or, or surrounds himself with the horny on Maine. 
It's definitely horny on main because he's got, um, okay. So Thomas Jane, uh, who plays Miller on the expanse. And I, I fucking love Thomas Jane. Uh, he is in this movie as a guy, uh, who is wearing a really shitty raggedy M, uh, wig. Um, <laughs> and it's incredible. Also at one point, the wig falls off while he's uh, uh, driving a car and the it shoot fell off in real life. And Thomas Jane goes, ah, fuck, and crams it back on. But the director thought it was funny. So he just left it in the movie, um, which is my favorite thing. And not least, uh, Iggy fucking Pop plays a goon named Curve. Can um, we talk about how, of all the people that should be dead from this cast, Iggy Pop is not that person? <laughs> Man, he, Iggy Pop, I've realized that he's one of those dudes. It's like Billy Idol or Nikki Six to me that, like, heroin... I feel like has one of two effects on people, right? Like it either uh, turns you into the crypt keeper or it preserves your body like formaldehyde and now you can never die. So the crypt keeper. <laughs> so the crypt keeper, yeah. No, you know, Iggy Pop looks like a young uh, young fella, like a, a bright young thing of no older than 70, 78 years old. Um, and he is here in his finest leather pants. Uh, honestly, Iggy Pop in this movie... He does a pretty good job. And also, he uh, was actually, they in the previous movie, The Crow, um, they tried giving the part of Fun Boy, uh, who is one of Top Dollar's goons in that movie, to Iggy Pop. They wanted Iggy Pop to play Fun Boy. And I think at the time, Iggy Pop was like, ah, I need to make a lackluster album because it's not the 1980s anymore. And <laughs> so he was he was unavailable. But it's for this one, they downhill from Fun House. Oh, boy. Also, folks, uh, if you've never heard Butt Town by Iggy Pop, I implore you to go on YouTube and look up Butt Town. He made a song uh, and really thought he did something there. In this quarter on the Greenlit Podcast Network, Chris Sims and Matt Wilson and in this quarter, VHS oddities, confusing animation, and modern not-so-classics. Plus snacks, movie fighters. We watch movies and beat them up. But so he's uh, so the, the main villain of the thing who has a name. Right. He's a guy. Judah Earl. Judah Earl. Thank you. And uh, Judah Earl. I love how the names from of bad guys in the Crow series is Fun Boy, Judah Earl, Nemo. It's just like it's top dollar. It's refrigerator magnet poetry. It really is. And actually, I kind of, there's a line from the original Crow that I really love where um, Eric Draven shows up to a pawn shop and he's like looking for information about where the people who killed him and, and Shelly are. And uh, the, the guy behind the counter is like, ah, fun boy hangs out over there. And, and uh, the Crow just starts breaking all of this guy's shit and yelling like a whole jolly club with jolly pirate nicknames. And I'm like, ha yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, jolly pirate nicknames. Um and his thing is that uh, he, Judah Earl, is the drug lord of, we are informed, Los Angeles. Quincy, how would you describe the appearance of this city? This, so, so what's wild is right before we hit record, Ryan is like, man, I love this movie because it's peak 90s LA. And I was flabbergasted because this is not a, a human landscape. This movie presents Los Angeles as a William Gibson wet dream of blowing trash and white. <laughs> That's exactly it. Like, it's not the L.A. of escape from L.A. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, it's, I love that it's not actual 90s Los Angeles, which looks very much like 2020 Los Angeles. Um, it is now the thing about it is I, I kind of I, I kind of appreciate that this movie uh, was trying to establish its own aesthetic thing, right? Because because the crow was rain, like it was just a rain movie. It was everything was covered in rain all the time. Um, and this movie, apparently, the uh, the filmmakers were like, "All right, we want to contrast that." The Crow One had rain. This movie is smoke, and so everything is just like suffused with this like nicotine colored piss fog. It's awful. And and Tim Pope <laughs> yeah. is best known for directing the Cure music videos. Pretty much yeah. every video by the Cure was directed by Pope, um, and surprisingly this movie is as far from that aesthetic as possible yeah it it looks like a from the weird crow puppet that's used throughout the film (laughs) that puppet to the inconsistent makeup of the crow the the eponymous man can we talk about that crow makeup by the way it is what the fuck is it it is a dog shit was it was it like in res- out of respect for Lee? They're like, well, we can't do well on it, so we just have to make it look bad. That's that had to have been it. Like, no, we're just going to give him some. The entire production was bad on purpose, out of respect for Brandon <laughs> Lee. We're a bunch of dumb assholes for making a sequel. Sorry, the Weinstein's wanted us to make it because they wanted to make some money, and we didn't believe in it. Which is literally what happened, by the way. Uh, Bob and Harvey Weinstein, who are the worst people in the world, were like, "Yeah, we need to bang out a sequel." Um, and yeah, the crow makeup in this—he's got like sort of lip liner, but not actual like black lipstick, and uh, the make like the eye lines look like they were like scratched on with a ballpoint pen. It is the, it is the, uh, makeup job I did when I got an eyeliner pencil, uh, in ninth grade. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Also, right. um, Dra- <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not Draven. It's Corvin. <laughs> Corvin. Oh, Corvin. Great. Yeah. Great guys. So, so Corvin's girlfriend is a tattoo artist, and the tattoo that they show her, the finished tattoo that they hold her lightly holding a tattoo machine on top of, is the worst but most 1996-ass tattoo of a spiral I have ever goddamn seen on the back of a dude's head. Also, no blood. Also, she's like, are you doing okay? And the guy's like, I'm feeling just fine. Which, um, I have never gotten my head tattooed, but I know on good authority, uh, it rattles the piss out of your brains because you have a vibrating machine on your head skin. Here's the thing. Sarah has a tattoo that goes uh, up the back of her neck and into the uh, the middle of the back of their head. And I, I that was like one of the first questions I asked them was like, what the hell did that feel like? And they were like, um, imagine your entire skeleton being shaken for like half an hour. And that's, that's pretty much it. Um, it, it, it hurt. Um, but yeah, like that's, you've, you're exactly right. Like this movie, um, Quincy, this is like, uh, D. Snyder's Strangeland, which would come out a couple of years later, where it, the whole thing is like a mean baby boomers impersonation of the nineties, where really they were just does like, feel like that. But the fact that Tim Pope directed it 
makes me as a baby goth feel betrayed by my goth ancestors yeah my you would forebears th- are just like fuck you kid <laughs> yeah like you would think if anybody was down and they were like no i can do a fucking gothic thriller sure so the actor they got to play corvin uh in uh the crow city of angels um vincent perez who is a swiss actor um and he's He's trying, right? Like he's God bless him. Like he's I mean, he's it's, it's the Kobayashi Maru of acting. It's like you have yeah. to take an iconic role and not copy it, but also not fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, like they might honestly, I'm sure that even at the time they were like, I wish we could like Grand Moff Tarkin, Brandon Lee back into this movie and like recreate him like they did in Ro- in in Rogue One. Um they really they wanted this guy to be Brandon Lee so bad. And you can tell that like Vincent Perez is like, he's giving it his best shot and trying to do his own take on the character. But, and I don't know if this is just like me being an ugly American, his Swiss, his Swiss accent is very distracting. And he like, he's just not given a lot of material to work with. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, Corvin's first name is Ash. And, and apparently Quincy, do you know who they wanted to play him initially? Was it Bruce Campbell? John Bon Jovi. <laughs> John Bon Jovi auditioned for the role, and then they went with this guy, uh, Vincent Perez, because they were like, eh, we don't really want John Bon Jovi to play the crow, thank you very much. Um, it's, it's okay, it's just like when, um, when Paul Hollywood in Great British Bake Off is like, Mary, no. Don't even put this in your mouth, Mary. Please don't. <laughs> it's like, John, John, no. <laughs> no, no, don't do it. Just don't fucking do it. Um, Perez was also in Queen of the Damned. Did he redeem himself in that film? He played Marius, and frankly, I don't fucking remember Perez in that movie. <laughs> Um, I remember Marius being like, he's, he's in the movie as like Lestat's mentor. Um, he does not redeem himself in that movie, but that's, I think it might also be Vincent Perez, wrong place, wrong time, man. Like he was in two very, very bad movies and that's where I know him from. Maybe he's like, I don't know, maybe he's incredible in something that actually knows how to use him. Um, because he now... One of one of my favorite moments in this movie is uh, Quincy. You remember the iconic uh, sequence where uh, Eric Draven climbs up out of the grave and sort of comes to, comes to terms with the fact that he's alive again. And ah, uh, yes, yes the the scene of the movie. Basically. Oh yeah, oh yeah, with like "Burn" by the Cure playing in the background. Um, this movie has uh, Ash Corvin uh, sort of uh, he 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 crawls up out of the harbor where they dropped his body and he's like, well, I'm dead. And he as soon as he figures out that he is dead because uh, a young woman that this movie does not care about. Um, what which, by the way, what's what's her deal? Sarah, Sarah, the tattoo artist. Yes. What does she do in this film? She's just woman because the, it's it's <laughs> really like. We're not going to put, which it's wild because David, David S. Goyer wrote the script, mm-hmm. but I guess it was just like, I'm just going to pull my punches and like, just hold most of this for the Blade movies. And then like, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, he 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 was like ferreting away uh, grittiness uh, in in a bag when nobody was looking while making this film, so that he could then make Blade. He's like the goldsmith who's just you know he goes home at the end of the day and he just scrapes the bottom of his shoes into his pockets. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. I mean, what else is he gonna do in this movie? Um, when when uh, so Ash finds out that he's dead, and he just kind of goes no, and like but sort again, of. Get... It's like, hey, this time it's a harbor because it's not the first movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what you know, I... Los Angeles is really known for its its, its <laughs> harbor and docks. Yeah, it's a dock. It's a dock city. It really is. You can't you can't swing a fucking cat without hitting a dock in Los Angeles. It's it's very dark. <laughs> that we talk. He, oh, God damn it! <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, so 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 Ash figures out that he's dead, and he goes for like a fun run. Like he just pops up out of this warehouse. Like no, I can't be alive. And he just like he doesn't quite sprint. He just like lightly jogs into the night to like deal with this knowledge after Sarah, the tattoo artist who was a part of this movie, tells him that he's dead. Um, and basically, so he, he does the thing where, um, you know, you get the, what is meant to be the iconic becoming thing where he is the crow now. Um, and Sarah, you know, very badly paints on this makeup. This is makeup. You give the crow. If you fucking hate the crow, you're just like, yeah, all right. Piece of shit. Yeah. Which here's your... clearly is this movie. Yeah. Here's your fucking lip liner and your fucking weepy tears. All right. I directed the cure music videos and I feel nothing but disdain for you. Um, and he, so he goes out, uh, to kill, to kill a go- to kill his first goon. Um, and he rolls up on this character who has a name, certainly. And this guy, I've realized that in these movies, uh, whenever the crow is, like, dropping in on a goon to take revenge on them, they're always just taking part in, like, pervert lounging activities. Yeah, like your downtown in between, your downtime in between adventures activities. <laughs> yeah. Rolling on the carousing table. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're you're doing Crafting, all capping, honing a magical item. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're uh, doing all caps drugs. You're doing like yeah, you're swallowing bullets. You're doing all manner of bullshit. And now the thing that uh, Ash in this movie does that to me is entirely irredeemable. He does street magic <laughs> for reasons because and this is meant to be the entirety of his thing with his son is that he would do little magic tricks for his son uh to entertain him and so he uh rolls up on this guy and he's like you know gonna kill him and he's like slapping him around like bah you killed me and the guy's like hey man come on don't do it and he's like all right i'll give you a chance pick a card and he just holds out a handful of goddamn playing cards and then the guy picks the wrong card and eric and excuse me, not Eric Draven and Ash kills him because he picked the wrong card. Get out of here with your street magic in my crow movie. Okay, we... is Chris Angel a is Chris Angel the <laughs> Bill Gil... the Bill Gilberg of the crow? This was the, this was his genesis. He he saw this movie and was like, I could do that. I could harass people with playing cards and shitty makeup. Um. 
God. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And now, so my local record store, speaking of Goldberg, mm-hmm. uh, has a Deadstock Goldberg tank top for a very reasonable price, and I oh wow want it. You definitely need it. Yeah, Honestly, so, uh, I'm not going to give the name, not because I don't want to like support the shop. Because I don't want anyone to scope it and grab it before I do. <laughs> See, this is this is my thing, by the way, a side note with Goldberg. I used to think that I didn't like Goldberg uh, because I was like, he sucks and he can't wrestle and he's not interesting and I don't give a shit about him in the 90s. And why is he here? And then I um, saw the match between him and Brock Lesnar from a couple of years ago where they took all of the momentum they built up with Brock Lesnar as like the unbeatable uh, final boss of wrestling and just had Goldberg beat him in like three minutes. And I could not stop laughing because it was, and then I just sort of decided like, you know what? Yeah, I love Goldberg. It's pointless. And then my favorite part of that storyline is it, they just kept doing it. It is the, it, and Brock Lesnar goes through the stages of grief of little brother keeps smashing A in Soul Calibur of like, no, you can't beat me the same way three matches, four matches in a row. That's not how this works. Yeah, he's he's doing the, the hand-slapping move that E. Hondo would do in Street Fighter, where it was just like <laughs> this unbeatable wall of hands. Oh my god. Yeah, so Goldberg Goldberg rules. Um they so the crow is making his way through these goons and I got to point out here um Iggy Pop who is um the I would say the best part of this movie. Really the only good part of this movie if we're being honest. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, this movie is dog shit otherwise. I love so much that, you know, you've got all of these neo-noir um, crime crime uh, scuzzes being like, meh, drugs. And then you've got, like, the clear, nice boy Michigan accent of Iggy Pop going, uh, yeah, man, we're going to go do some drugs in the alley over there. <laughs> it's just like... The most out of place accent I've ever heard in my life. And it's, Which is it's very incredible. ironic because of all the people that have probably done real super heroin the the heroin <laughs> that at the front of the beginning of the movie they're like judah it's a bad batch and he's like no it's not and then he injects it in him and he like the dude melts he's like i guess it's a bad batch yeah which is incredible because like judah is meant to be um john drugs of the los angeles city drugses um whose father invented drugs and he that's how you know that he's a bad guy um, from at the top of the movie is that he has a bad batch of drugs and he's got one of his goons being like, yeah, don't make bad drugs. And so he does this. What's also incredible, they never really specify what the drug is, really. Like, it's, I think, intravenous. I don't actually think it's heroin. Also because it melts a guy's flesh like the goddamn Toxic Avenger. He has to inform everybody around him that, like, I don't do drugs. I'm addicted to making people feel pain. Which, like, honestly, if you have to tell people about that, give it up. Like, we it's not... It. You have a FetLife account, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're not special, Judah. <laughs> Yeah, this guy definitely has like a skull scepter he got from like Spencer's in he's the like, corner of. He he he's a quote photographer unquote, which just means he wants to uh, take pictures of women and then 
neg them the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and just be a real a real piece of shit about it. And he's like, Bleh, I love causing people pain. It, it's like, and, and he doesn't actually think of uh, the way he is to be around as being part of that, and it really, really is. Um, Iggy Pop, he's having a great time here, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, he is, he is hooting and hollering all over this movie. Um, now, th- there's a scene in this movie. All right, so he's making his way through the goons. And uh, he, um, Ash uh, decides that it is time to pull Thomas Jane in a bad wigs card. Thomas Jane goes to a peep show, which, by the way, what are we doing with peep shows in the mid-90s <laughs> in Los Angeles? Porn <laughs> fucking exists. Strip clubs exist. Why? I don't know what there is. Every world... time this movie shows a peep show, uh, Dina Cancer <laughs> cries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's. Oh, my God. It's a real 45 grave situation. Honestly, <laughs> they don't. And the peep shows are super weird because I feel like peep shows, you're not supposed to be able to talk to the performers in a peep show. No, the, the point is that you're peeping. They don't know you're watching them. Right, like you're just supposed to be, it's not fucking chatty Tom, you're a peeping Tom and I need you to fucking, like, don't make me tap the sign, don't talk to the fucking performers, Thomas Jane. Um, And he's trying to dirty talk and he's like, yeah, I want a nut, and she's like, yeah, you sure want a nut, here, I'll do a sex move. And she's behind the glass. Now, this is like an analog uh, cam girl situation, I think? Yes, this is, this is like the Nickelodeon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah this is uh, as our hardy pioneer forefathers nutted on the plains um, <laughs> she uh so she is uh da- dancing for him type and go back, go back to, go back to harvesting the, the cholera fields oh my god it's it's incredible um so she she's doing a sex dance at him and he's uh cranking rope to it and uh, he's like pumping, pumping quarters into this thing to keep the show going. But then he runs out of quarters, right? Before he nuts. And the, the, the glass goes dark and she's not there anymore. He's like, oh man, I was trying to blow my load. And then the lights come back on. And all of a sudden, who should be behind that uh, glass but uh, the crow? And, and, and he's he there. continues the lascivious dance. I kind of wish he'd actually stayed with it and like committed to the bit a little more and been like blah, 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 and just like really going for it. Um, what is the over under that someone wrote fan fiction where <laughs> Ash Corbin is actually just a very good uh, male dancer? Well, I tell you what, I uh, if you're if you're trying to tell me that the Crow and Thomas Jane are fucking, I'm on board. I'll I'll read that fanfic. I'm I am deeply interested in this. Uh, but he the gla- you know he realizes that it's the crow standing behind the glass, and he's like, "Oh man, you're not a is is Thomas Jane and and the crow's couple name Cormo or Neven? <laughs> I feel like Cormo uh, for for uh, Cor- Corvin and Nemo. Yeah, listeners, uh, I want you to weigh in on this. Tweet us hashtag. Cormo or hashtag Neven to at Rankin Ballcast at Team Cormo, Team Neven. Let's see, let's settle this in the street. <laughs> oh my god. Now, and I had not realized actually, another actor in this movie who plays Noah, who was a goon, Ian fucking Dury of Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Yes. Um, 
who did uh, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll and Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick, those those classic tracks. Um, so he kills the shit out of uh, Nemo and it's like, whatever, it's fine. Um, the, the deaths in this movie. Now, there's one bit of this movie that I feel like might be racist. And that thing is that uh, Toy Trang is basically, she does a thing that Bai Ling does in the first Crow movie where she digs out people's eyes. Um where Toy Trang's character, uh, who uh, she's like torturing someone, um, and her name is Callie, and Callie uses a tattoo you needle. Know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, State of California, Callie, Callie Girl. Yeah, there we go, with a name like Callie, California. Um, and she uses a tattoo needle to uh, dig out somebody's eyes. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's a thing that's happening. The gore in this movie, and it's a pretty gory movie, is so joyless to me. It's like, awful. Oh, Which it is, is why it's, it's such a perfect fit for this show. Because <laughs> there's no need for it. There's no advancement of the plot. There's no raising stakes. It's just no. boring and yeah. sad. Yes, it is It is boring and sad and joyless uh, gore. I also and... need to point out um, that of the all-star cast... Vincent Castellanos, who plays Spider Monkey, is also known as Mateo from Anaconda. <laughs> oh, the shit. best person in Anaconda besides uh, Paul Newman's ridiculous uh, Cerrone character. Holy shit! I had n- I had not realized that he, that he was the guy from Anaconda. That's amazing. Yeah. That's uh, a very nineties time for Vince- Vincent Castellanos. Um, now I will say of character acting in bad movies. (laughs) Yeah. Now I will say uh, Richard Brooks, uh, who plays uh, Judah Earl, and also I knew him initially as Jubal Early from Firefly. (laughs) Uh, So Judah Earl, Jubal Early, as if we wouldn't notice. Um, He. (laughs) Nice try. Joss Whedon. Joss, ah, that that old rum customer, Joss Whedon, thought he'd get one over on me. Um, now, Richard Richard Brooks is a fucking good actor. Like he was so good that uh, his small role as Jubal Early was like, I think, deeply memorable. He's like trying to sort of, I don't know. He's he's going he's going for something, and I appreciate it. Now, um, he all right. So as uh, Corvin is making his way toward Judah Earl. Um, he has to go through Iggy Pop, and Iggy Pop delivers my favorite line in the movie, which is "Fuck you, bird dick," and then he runs away. <laughs> which is, I feel like they didn't have to try super hard to get Iggy Pop to say that line, you know? Yeah, they're like, "Come on, man, do it. Be a, be a, be, come on, be a, come on, do it for the carrot now." <laughs> oh my god! Uh, now I will say the motorcycle stunts in this movie pretty cool pretty cool every time that ash is on a motorcycle it rules that's about all this movie's got going for it and that puppet i kind of like that (laughs) crow puppet what is the deal with the puppet could they not find a professional crow actor and they're like it's cheaper to puppet it couldn't have been cheaper to puppeteer it no, there's no way. And what, you're telling me that in the mid-90s after uh, The Crow happened, that there weren't like a million struggling Crow actors in Los Angeles who were, you know, desperate to get a role? Just, like, just flying in on a wing and a prayer. 
I'm just I'm gonna get out to LA. I'm gonna make it. I've got I am I am a literal crow. I will be I'm like just that a crow. Small from the crow. town crow. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just a simple country crow, but I feel like I could become the next crow from the movie The Crow. <laughs> oh my god. Dear Ma and Paul. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about movies that would be better if casted by capable uh, Corvid actors. Uh, oh, Corvid actors. Um, Mulholland Drive? <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, no country for old men, I feel. Um, if you had, like, a, a bird flying in with the voice of Javier Bardem, I'm into Hear it. Hear me out. The Crow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, everybody is a crow in the movie The Crow, except, except for The Crow. The Crow, which is Brandon well, <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, caw, caw. And he's just like running around in leather pads, like perching on shit. And he's like, ah, I'm a bird. And that's, yeah, that's all you That's all you need right there. Everybody's a crow except for um, we should, That would have been a better movie than this. I would have liked that movie more than The Crow City of Angels. This, oh, oh, it's so bad. Um. Now, Iggy, Iggy Pop has a death, and I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Uh, Iggy Pop uh, tri- tries hitting the crow with a motorcycle, but uh, the crow shoots the motorcycle with a gun, and the motorcycle explodes, hurling Iggy Pop like 30 feet in the air. Hey, do you enjoy your commute but want to make it a little worse? It's real dumb. We hate ourselves. Hey, guys, you ever like something? Well, you won't in this case. Men like that. A podcast and I, am i just a, a fuddy-duddy that i like the crow when he doesn't use guns because he always does dumb shit with guns i mean that's exactly what it now all right the crow is at his heart a fucking theater kid piece of shit who is just all about the drama um and if and, he's if he's using a gun, like in the original Crow, when he loaded the gun with wedding with wedding rings and shot at a pawn shop full of gasoline to make it explode, this to me is an acceptable use of the Crow shooting something. And and yet that's what I'm in the minority. I hate that part of the movie because it is so over the top. I I, I know mm-hmm. I just need to let go and like the let the crow wash over me, but that's that pulls me out. So you're saying to me that that part was was less believable and more over the top than the part where he uses gasoline to draw the literal shape of a giant crow and light it on fire after yeah, I'm he... okay with that. It's, it's the wedding <laughs> rings that I'm like, nah, dog, you won't. You've, you've got some notes. <laughs> Let's reel it back in a little bit with the wedding <laughs> ring. That breaks a little bit. Oh shit! Yeah, so he now a, a thing that the crow does as Iggy Pop is dying is that he leans down and he's like, "People used to put coins in the mouths of the dead. Do you know why?" And Iggy Pop isn't saying anything, but I feel like you can feel Iggy Pop going, "Yeah, it's Sharon. I know." I know, dude. Like, I'm, I'm fucking. Can you please let me die? And the crow reaches behind Iggy Pop's ear like a mischievous uncle at a family fucking function, and pulls a coin out from behind his ear with the goddamn street magic, <laughs> and he puts it in his mouth. It is, 
It is unforgivable. This... I think it's unforgivable because the crow is actually supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't cheapen it with this fucking, I just got my, my Chris Angel Literally DVD the in the mail room. like, angel of vengeance. Yeah. Why would he also get to do street magic? Yeah. Why would he lower himself to doing like, whoa, sleight of hand? Like it's, uh, I don't respect street magicians. I'll just say that right now. I don't respect them. They make me uncomfortable. You're just like minding your business. And then they're like, would you like to see a magic trick? And you're like, please leave me alone and don't look at me. I'm in public and I don't want to make eye contact. Um, I, I, I bear them a, a grudge. Um, now, so after he's worked his way through all of the goons, he gets to Judah Earl. Quincy, what band is playing during this scene? The motherfucking actual Deftones. Yeah, like what? This scene, it's like a, uh, what? It's like a Day of the Dead thing? Yeah, so so the original Crow takes place on Devil's Night, October 30th. Crow City of Angels takes place on All Saints Day, November 1st. Yes. And so, they, so they're like really driving home. It's in Los Angeles. Mexican people, which is, is problematic. <laughs> it's one of several problematic parts of, 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 of that thing. Uh, and so we've got the big like Day of the Dead um, parade, which uh, parade slash industrial metal concert with Deftones. Yeah. Who are um, just themselves. They're not a fictional band. It's just the Deftones. Yeah, you've got Chino Moreno like out, out here doing it. Um, and so there's a huge crowd of people and like sugar and, and like skull masks and it's a whole thing. Uh, and Judah Earl, this now this movie decides to take the mythology of the movie The Crow and go fuck that and makes it so that Judah Earl can drink the blood of the crow puppet and get some crow powers. It's it's just like taste the blood of Dracula. If you drink <laughs> Dracula blood, you become a Dracula. Oh shit! So you you're saying that you could just take this crow puppet and just like distribute it in in the town's water population so that all of Los Angeles is now unkillable. Yeah, dog. Not <laughs> even we're super villains now. <laughs> not even that shitty yellow smoke that fills everything in this film can kill everybody in Los Angeles now. Um, <laughs> Now, so we get the fight between Judah Earl and the Crow, um, and Judah Earl, uh, now there is, I will admit, there's a cool thing that happens where Judah Earl throws a rope around, uh, the Crow's neck and he, um, like hoists him on a street sign and he's like dangling there choking to death. And while he does that, Judah Earl uses a fucking bullwhip to lash this guy that he is hanging, which I appreciate. Of course he has a bullwhip. Why wouldn't he? He Listen, he explained earlier, he's into pain. <laughs> so don't get fucking uptight about his bullwhip during this parade. Um, and he's doing this in front of like a crowd of people and they're all like, fuck yeah, woo! While this guy is getting like flayed alive while being hanged. Um, it's, it's a lot. It is like that out here. Um, And so we get a a thing where he um, he's saved by Sarah, who who helps him out. And then for no real reason, uh, he looks up at the giant flock of crows just like vibing at the top of this skyscraper in downtown Los Angeles. (laughs) 
and just goes and like calls down a flock of crows that decide to like harass Judah Earl very quickly and like fly around him. Now, for how gory this movie is, how would you expect that to go with the crows descending on him? Well, like, you know, him being picked apart and pecked by crows is how it one, should go. One would hope. One would hope that he gets, like, picked apart by, like, flying piranha puppets that are birds. And that is not what happens. They fly around him and just kind of erase him from existence completely. <laughs> like, it's it's like hundreds of erasers just fly around this guy and then he's he is disappeared. He is gone. He, there is no more Jude Earl for no ass reason. And that's how he dies. He to be <laughs> because the crow is basically beast master and can just call down a vengeful flock of birds. I wish you would not um, smirch a quality film like beast master, Ryan. That's true. That's true. That movie brings me joy. There's goddamn vampire aliens in that movie. <laughs> God, now I just want to rewatch Beastmaster. That's what this movie... It's so much better than this movie. Oh, it's so much better. Um, And so, yeah, and so that's our movie. And uh, then, uh, what? Corvin can die and return to his son that we are repeatedly told he has. And over the credits, and I need to point this out, they decided that the best song to close out uh, the Crow City of Angels, like, hey, folks, thanks for showing up to this sequel. We hate all of you and want you to suffer. Here's a Holes cover of Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac over it. Now, I like the band Hole, and I like Fleetwood Mac, and never the twain shall fucking meet. This cover is a travesty. Parallel Um, feels, (laughs) Yeah, which feels tonally appropriate for the Crow City of Angels. Oh boy, let's put this on the list. Hachi machi. All right. So scrolling Scroll down. <laughs> way scrolling way down the list. Uh oh boy. This was a this was a this is a hard watch. This is yeah, a bad it's, time. It's joyless. It is awful. It is nowhere near as good as the first one. Um I borrowed this from my local library and even though it was free, I'm mad that I was put out <laughs> By borrowing it. You are completely correct. You you are owed convenienced to contact my <laughs> kind librarians and say, uh, please hold that movie for me. Man, it, you are entitled to compensation. Like I'm so I'm pleased that neither of us spent money on the Crow City of Angels. Um I think the other thing for me with this movie, and I know I've spent a lot of time shitting on it, um, there are a couple of good things and no, there's one good good thing, and it's Iggy Pop and also some motorcycles, maybe. Um, what this movie does that I think ruins it for me across every uh, vector is that there are no real characters in it, right? Yeah. Like, no characterization whatsoever. Yeah, like the crow, you know, every character in that movie has their fucking thing, right? Like, even Tony Todd, who plays one of Top Dollar's uh, capos in that movie, you never really find out what's going on with that guy, and his screen time is fascinating. You wonder what this dude's thing is. Um, I wonder at no point about anybody's thing in this movie. Um, It's as if they're just using the shorthand of, you know, he's the crow. And he's got a kid, and you know, I guess 
dads like kids, which is also fascinating <laughs> to me as a movie coming out in the 90s because I don't remember growing up in the 90s and like fatherdom was really being stressed and family values. No, no. That's a god, that's a great point. Like it takes so many things for granted from you as a viewer that like, yeah, so you know, human relationships exist. We've all had them. Let's pretend we don't care about those for this movie and it's like there's there are people moving from room to room doing things in this movie that none of them really understand. Um no character really changes throughout this movie. Nothing. There's never any sense of urgency for why anything is happening. It's just like a bunch of actors, a bunch of really good actors like Thomas Jane and, and fucking so many good people in this movie. Iggy Pop, who was also in coffee and cigarettes with Tom Wade. So technically he's an actor. Um, oh, oh, and tank girl. Yeah. Iggy Pop's an actor. Also Pete and Pete. Oh shit. That's right consummate oh. actor Iggy Pop <laughs> actors actor really just perfect gentleman um yeah like all these great actors none of them really have anything to do in this movie like none of the characters really come to any kind of catharsis uh there's and and the movie The Crow and I know we shouldn't keep comparing it to the original but it's basically impossible not to so I'm gonna keep doing it um, it was only like two years four years apart yeah yeah, this was a, a, a hop and a skip away from the original movie. Um, and it was very sort of, it's like all these actors showed up and were told, all right, The Crow 2, and that's all they got. And there was nothing really, I don't know. Like, th th this movie could have been so many different things, um, which, first of all, I love the sort of anthology nature of The Crow as an idea that, like, Anybody who dies horribly and needs to get revenge on the people who killed them and their loved ones, if their pain is big enough, you know, the crow can like reach across the veil of death and bring them back. And that can be anyone. I like how that's not even by design. It's simply by necessity. And yet it's become the best part of the franchise. Yeah, completely. Like, I, I love that. You know, you don't need to fucking uh, resurrect the, the face of Brandon Lee and insult his memory by Grand Moff Tarkening him over a stand-in. Like, you can make the crow anybody and they can make it their own part. And in theory, that's great. And this movie, I think, just put a giant stink on the entire rest of the franchise because it was so, so bad. Um, now, to that point, Quincy, I've got a question for you. Uh, which is a worse movie? At number 467 on our list, uh, we have Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh, a similarly underwhelming sequel. Uh, Candyman 2 has the kingfish, so it's <laughs> infinitely yeah. more entertaining than the crow <laughs> Which reminds me, by the way, that the kingfish... Um, oh, another Iggy Pop performance. Also on our list, we have Hardware, where Iggy Pop plays a radio DJ who serves as a great chorus in Hardware. So there we go. We have at least half a dozen Iggy Pop performances to justify him as a great American actor. Um, so yeah, so Candyman 2, way better. Uh, See, that's also positing that Miramax... Uh, obligation. I'm not going to call it a film. I'm just going to call it contractual <laughs> obligation. Hellraiser right. Inferno is better than The Crow 2. You know what? Hellraiser Inferno does, I don't know, there's like what? At least we get um, the guy who plays Mayhem in the car commercials in Inferno. 
So that's cool, I guess. Also, tattoo Cenobites, because the thing that makes you edgy in the 90s is tattooing people. Oh yeah, I mean we're both we're both a couple of uh, uh, cool tattooed people. Like we, I'm sure you can confirm. Like all we do all the time is listen to industrial music. Yeah, we're so alty. We, <laughs> we swallowing bullets. industrial music and just like fondle our mini chrome piercing. <laughs> I just like to clean my gun while listening to the Thrill Kill Cult in the warehouse. I <laughs> I've got all these fucking tattoos. It's all I can do. Um, oh my god, Hellraiser Inferno is definitely better. All right, Quincy, is it better though than uh, at number four hundred and seventy-eight? We have Hellraiser Revelations. <laughs> now, Revelations is the one where the guy pukes up paper, like they write the sins on paper and eat them, and then puke them up, and then slurp up the puke. That is uh, Hellraiser Judgment, which features uh, uh, the uh, the auditor. I think yeah, he's called. Okay, Revelations is the one that's like, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, but just p- with pinhead. It's all in a bedroom. <laughs> it's all in like a living room. And, and and it's a guy that's not even Doug Bradley. What are we doing? Yeah, um, yeah, hell, yeah Re- Revelations is. Yeah. Now, all right. Question. Uh, at number 473, we have uh, mock, uh, straight to VOD Mockbuster, The Jurassic Games. Which is better, that or City of uh, Angels? You know, I can remember City of Angels. Uh, the the Jurassic Games, all I can remember is it was Hunger Games with dinosaurs. I cannot recall anything else about that film. Yeah, completely correct. So I feel like it, 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 at least for that, I can um, put uh, The Crow 2 above that purely for Iggy Pop being Iggy Pop, which is always worthwhile. I think I know actually where I want to put this and I'm going to make a case for it. Okay. So at number 472, we have Gremlin singular. Please don't tweet angrily at us. Uh, I'm not saying the movie Gremlins, which we have much higher up the list. Uh, Gremlin from 2017, um, which is a bad movie. That was a straight to VOD creature feature. That's just, it's very, very bad. And right above that. It is simply trading off of the name. Yeah, it is, it is the movie that your mother goes to Redbox to bring <laughs> you home because she remembered. Oh, it's the movie with the cute little fuzz guy. <laughs> what you like that Gremlin movie? I got you the Gremlin. <laughs> That's yeah, completely. Now, right above Gremlin at number four hundred and seventy-one is a similarly joyless, irredeemably shit sequel, and it's Wolf Creek Two. Um. Which is just like it, it somehow is a, a more unpleasant to watch and more irredeemable than Wolf Creek, which I think is incredible. I do think the Crow City of Angels is better than that, but where I draw the line is that at number 470, we have E Demon, which is a movie about demons on the internet. It's, it's specifically a movie shot through uh, Skype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, you know, we have the movie Host. And also, I think Unfriended, much higher up the list. God, we've watched so many fucking movies. Um, Now, I do think... Have we ranked The Den yet? I cannot even remember. Oh, we not yet, but it's... Our our card roulette movie, when that was a a cultural moment. Oh, man, I just had a war flashback to chat roulette. God damn. (laughs) I'm so glad that that didn't happen during quarantine, that those two events are ships passing in the night. Um, Now, I do think that E-Demon 
is better than this because at least it's doing it's trying to do something with like a demonic entity on a on a Skype call, which had already been done before, but it's trying to like I don't know. Any anytime that there's a demon on the internet that wants to spook you, I want to give the edge to that over something joyless and perfunctory and stupid as the crow city of angels now the one thing that i'm going to to present as a counter argument is Mm -hmm. one above is the nun which is a conjuring sequel yeah oh god universe cinematic universe um but i will argue that it is more visually striking it does not look ugly as shit as uh the crow does the crow actually yeah i think you're correct I think it's, yeah, I think The Nun, now I hate those goddamn Conjuring movies. Um, they're stupid and I don't understand their popularity and they're all bad. Um, but <laughs> You heard to, it here first, folks. Not to, not to be me. Although I did like The Curse of La Llorona, but that's just because it was a series of jump scares t- loosely knit together in the shape of a plot. And I, I thought it was fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think The Nun is more visually easy to look upon because to say nothing else about those conjuring movies they look good yeah they have the budget yeah they they have uh the 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 substance of a shampoo commercial and they are boring uh in a way that makes me want to die but they're nice to look upon which is what cuts it apart from the crow city of angels which looks uh like uh iodine flowing through a vein and also you can't escape this um, it looks like everything was shot through a jar of piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie is, it's it's like the camera was behind Piss Christ, like the the <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. It's like Piss Christ the movie. <laughs> piss Christ, but make it an hour and twenty five minutes and give a guy mouth eyeliner. <laughs> the Crow Piss Christ. That's yeah. That's the unauthorized Crow sequel. Yeah, completely. So yeah. So I, Lord have mercy, I feel pretty good about that. So coming in at our new number 470, um, above E-Demon and below The Nun from 2018, is The Crow, City of Angels. Oh, boy. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I felt this one, man. Like, this was... You know... Believe it or not, it feels good to hang to slum it here at the bottom of the list. We had we we had a good run at the top, but mm-hmm. we've been hanging out <laughs> in the depths again. Uh-huh. I kind of missed it. You know, it's kind of great actually. Just it, it, it's almost like uh, admiring all of the things we've put ourselves through. That's just like you know what, God damn it. I may not have done anything else in 2019, but at least I watched Necromantic 2. You know, <laughs> like you've you've got you've got that under your cap, Quincy. Um, where can our listeners find us on the internet? We have a Patreon at Patreon.com/RankinVile. If you want to help us uh, pay our hosting fees, we're also going to be uh, adding a lot more content uh, to, uh, to our Patreon feed. Um, I'm, I'm thinking a lot more straight to VOD movies, a lot more sort of weird exploitation and grind grindhouse movies because i sort of feel like there there are movies that i want to do uh on this podcast that i i can't in good conscience like uh <laughs> give to somebody who hasn't paid for the experience you know what i mean like this is you you really you know for for uh, a cool uh five dollars you can have access to that um we are 
Uh, gonna be putting merch up pretty soon. We are basically everywhere you could possibly want to find us. We are. We on have Stitcher. stickers um, that are uh, benefiting uh, Minnesota still. That's at our um, Big Cartel. Uh, yep. That's linked on our social media. We're on Instagram at Rankinvile. We're on Twitter at Rankinvilecast. Our Gmail address is Rankinvilecast at gmail.com. Drop us a line sometime. Uh, we got a Tumblr. We got a YouTube page. We're, we got a Discord. We're all over the, the web. Just an, an embarrassment of sources. Listen, uh, if you have any uh, requests, like, if, for example, if you want us to watch uh, The Crow Wicked Prayer with Edward Furlong, I will never forgive you for this, but uh, drop it in our uh, email at reconvilecast at gmail.com. There's and a pretty you know, good chance. I swiped the screen name for the social media and dating platform uh, Slasher. So, <laughs> add us on Slasher. We will not go on a date with you, but we'd love to for you to listen to us on a Friday night. Or we'd love for you to listen to us on your date. <laughs> Hearing soothing descriptions of Iggy Pop in uh, The Crow City of Angels. Really uh, but yeah, that is about uh, all it. <laughs> Just the, the sweet Ypsilanti twang of Iggy Pop. It really, yeah, really gets really gets you in the mood. Uh, but that is about all I've got. You got anything else? Stay spooky. Later, folks. <laughs>